Your life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. Great things begin on the inside. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode because I am sitting down with my good friend, Jim Quick. It is such a privilege to call a man like Jim a friend, and that's exactly what he is. Now, most of you probably already know an awful lot about Jim Quick. He's been on the show a couple of years ago. And even if you didn't hear that episode, Jim is literally the world's expert in speed reading, memory improvement, and optimal brain performance. Now, this superpower that he has, it was really developed as a way to combat an experience that he had when he was a young child where he overheard a teacher referring to him as the boy with the broken brain. And so he set out not only to fix his own, quote, broken brain, but everybody else's too. Now, as of today, as most of you already know, Jim is not only one of the smartest men on the planet, in my opinion, but he has spent the past 25 years helping A-list celebrities, actors, presidents, and everyday people like you and me improve their retention, learn faster, and tap into a part of their brains that, well, most of us just don't know how to access on a daily basis. And in case you're curious if Jim's methods really work, he works with names like Will Smith, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, like the names go on and on and on. And those are just a few of his many highly accomplished personal clients. And so what we're about to talk about today really works and can really have a big impact on your business and on your life. One of the things I love about Jim the most is I know he truly believes that, and and he's made me believe through experience, that no matter what your age is or no matter what you've experienced in your background, or what your level of education is, if you really apply this stuff, and especially the stuff in his new book that we're going to talk about, you can learn brand new ways to use your brain. And that's exactly what we're going to teach you today. So get ready, listen up, because this episode is one that will literally make you smarter. Jim, my dear friend, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? Chris, I couldn't be better. And thank you to everyone who's listening to this right now. I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for so long. And thanks for having me back. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. It's my privilege. And uh, you're, you're such a dear friend. And I support your mission so much with you know not leaving a single brain behind because you've done a lot for me in the last four or five years that, that I've known you. And being that I've seen what you've done for me, I want you to be able to reach everybody else and do the exact same thing for them. And, and I know that's your mission. So grateful to do this. I'm grateful to be here. So we're going to warm this up. Uh, we're going to start with rapid fire. I don't think okay. we did this last time you were no, on the show. This is new. It's a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And if something good comes up, we'll circle back around on it. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, first one's easy. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Westchester, New York, a suburb right outside of New York City. And where do you live now? 
I live between New York and Los Angeles. And what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote, I'm going to... uh, So there's a French philosopher that I opened the book with that says this, says, life is the C between the B and the D. Life is the C between the B and the D. And people listening probably thinking this guy speaks in tongues. Like, <laughs> there's some kind of code here. I'll give you a hint. B stands for birth. D stands for death. And C, which is life, stands for choice. Oh, wow. I really do believe that, you know, difficult times, whether they're financial or it's in our health or in any area of our life, we're all facing different adversities and, and battles other people don't know about. But I believe that difficult times, they could, they could diminish you, they could define you, or they could develop you. But we decide. And it's always coming back to a decision. And we have that choice at all times. That's amazing. That, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, in the past three years, that's the best quote that somebody <laughs> has, has led with so far. What's one of your superpowers? Um, I believe my superpower is the same as everyone else's superpower. You know, one of my personal quotes is that if knowledge is power and learning is your superpower, and it's a superpower we all have, I think it's one of the most important skills to master is learning how to learn, especially in today's day and age. And um, so my superpower is like everybody else is to learn how to learn. And, uh, and my another other superpower is teaching people how to learn. So ah, I love that. You do it well. What's one of your favorite books besides your own that we're about to talk about later? Yeah. Asking about my favorite book is... Uh, Loaded <laughs> this, question. This is. Uh, for four years, I read a book a day. Um, I have a very large library. So um, goodness, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl is up there. I mean, I, I literally could, I could, I could rattle off 100 books and I probably will during this conversation. Yeah. That's yeah. I love though, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. So good. I read that ironically when I was reading 30 books in 30 days. Mm. So the fact that you've done a book a day for four years is yeah. wow. Well, uh, what is one of your favorite all-time accomplishments this far? Um, similar to you, a, a big you know, focus really is, is on contribution. So I, I lost my grandmother to, to Alzheimer's on top of having my learning difficulties and traumatic brain injury. So we, we do a lot with the elderly, um, mm-hmm. raising uh, funds for research and for dementia. I do, a lot of, um, I do a lot of work in senior centers, helping them polish off their memories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I learn a lot. I, I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to just one, one thing, but it's it, you know, or, or the schools that we build through organizations mm-hmm. like Pencils of Promise. I mean, that, that's, those are the things that... Um, that really give me a lot of life. I know a lot of people feel burnt out and they think it's because they're doing too much. I think it's not because we're doing too much. I think it's because we're doing too little of what really makes us come alive and giving, I know is a big ethos for you yeah. and Lori. And that's, uh, I'm very, I'm very proud for, for me, even our mission, you know, it's like no brain left behind. It's, it's, we want to contribute and make everybody's, you know, mind. That's amazing. Better. I love that. What's one thing you're challenged by right now? Challenged. Um, well, the the one everyone always talks about is their time and them uh, being so busy. And I, I I'm doing the best I can personally to uh, to not use that word busy because I feel like sometimes there's a cult of busyness where people say yeah. busy like it's a badge of honor. But you know, in building for this book, writing this book, and sharing this book, there's a lot of travel involved and. Uh, 
but I feel such a responsibility. I've, I've waited 25 years to put this book out. And one of the reasons why is I just, I didn't really want to be famous um, or known. Mm-hmm. I want to help people though uh, and have that kind of influence. So one of the challenges I still have is, as I mentioned to you, and as you know me, um, I'm introverted. Yeah, and um, me too. And really? Yeah, massively. Okay. I just rise to the occasion when I have to. Yeah. And so speaking, I'm in front of 200,000 people live every single year and we have our own podcast and we're doing all these videos and, you know, truth be told is everybody has their own, you know, because growing up with learning difficulties, I was, my superpower was shrinking in class. I didn't want to be called on. I was always, you know, pulling myself down, you know, being shrinking and being invisible. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just it's more my nature, but I but I feel a moral responsibility. Because shame on me if I could if somebody's struggling with their their learning or their overload, they have no focus, they're losing they're losing their memory, whatever have you, and I don't help that person. And mm-hmm. so, um, getting on stage is uh, what I'm doing. It it's the funnest thing, and I'm just because I'm completely focused on service. But it's um you know it's a stretch. Yeah, I love it. Two more easy ones. Uh, what is something generous that you've done recently? Yeah. Um, well, going back to uh, to pencils, you know, we were just with them last week, and uh, we actually did the the ringing of the bell um, at the New York Stock Exchange. I saw that. Yeah, that was really cool. Which was amazing. But we're setting up something very special uh, coming up in conjunction with the, some of the proceeds of this book, and um, because it's wonderful. Because I believe that it's you learn so you can earn, so mm-hmm. you can return. Ooh. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. You learn that's, so you can earn so you can return. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's really, awesome. that, that, that's for living. But that's, I think every single day I look for opportunities to contribute. That's really cool. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for you. Yeah. I, I, I have to say really like um, there was a couple, couple years ago, I was going through some real, really hard time and, uh, and you were there for me mm-hmm. and we met up uh, at the beach and you just like kind of, you dropped everything. You didn't kind of, you did it. And um you know that that conversation over uh, like it was so it was so healing for me. Uh, you, you create space, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, uh, for people to really just to be who they really are. And uh, I really needed a friend at that moment, and so I'm grateful to reconnect with you right now. Well, yeah. Totally, my my pleasure and my privilege. I yeah. I treasure our friendship, and so I'm grateful for you right back. So let's dive into a little bit deeper uh, into the interview now. And I want to start by congratulating you because since you were on the show last, just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, your brand, your impact, the book, the podcast, everything right down to your social mm-hmm. media has exploded. I mean, gone crazy. What do you think the key to your explosive growth has been in the past few years? Really grateful. Um, first of all, I, and, I, and the theme of this is giving and gratitude. This conversation it's always is that even off camera. Um, you know, I it's not by design. I feel more like uh, while I've always been an entrepreneur, uh, I feel sometimes even more like an artist. Mm-hmm. And the work is always, you know, the business part is just you know helping more people through scale. Um, but it's been more in spite of not really having a really set, detailed plan. And I really feel like we would benefit from that and help more people. But um, so but I, I, just, I just want to clarify: you're saying you don't have this grand plan for my, growth. My, it's just been impact that caught fire. It's been more in spite of not having an Instagram strategy, you know, and 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 I'm not saying we can't benefit, you know, our friends and they, you know, say post three times a day. Sometimes yeah. I won't do that. I, I just 
put out what's kind of organic. Um, and I let the work speak for itself. But yeah, in the past couple of years, we've had over 300. If you search my name on YouTube and Facebook, over 300 million views, tens and tens of millions of downloads on the podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's been, we've been very blessed, but it's, it's on a mission. Like I really want to, every time I'm in a conversation with like um, somebody like yeah. that we're having right now or on stage or recording a podcast or writing a book, my intention is really, I, I have such gratitude for just the honor of having that, of potentially having some impact because you never know who's listening right now. That is um, like, we could be standing right next to somebody or, or someone could be listening right now and they could be fighting the battle of their lives and no one would know it. And that's why I think kindness is so important and kindness is free. So we should yeah. be sprinkling that everywhere. And so I just want to sprinkle these, these brain bites or these like raindrops, but raindrops everywhere and, <laughs> and uh, hopefully give people some, not only some hope, but some real, real help. Mm, I love that. Okay. So speaking of sprinkling brain bites everywhere, as you say, you are like the superhero of brain uh, health <laughs> and learning and just like helping people with these limiting beliefs that hold them back. Yeah. So speaking of superheroes, you're obsessed with superheroes. Mm -hmm. It's like your thing. Where yeah. did this love of superheroes come from? You know, um, if people see pictures on Instagram, I have like a real life Iron Man, like yeah. seven foot tall Iron Man and a, I have a 10 foot Hulk. <laughs> um, I think I do this. I well, actually, I know. Um, I grew, I had a head injury when I was five years old. Yeah. Um, it was a very bad accident. And I had learning challenges that came from it. And I had processing challenges and focus challenges. I didn't understand things that people, teachers would tell me. They would repeat themselves. It took me an extra few years just to learn how to read. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my, my teachers back then would have been surprised I finished a book, much less wrote a book. I, um, and uh, I remember at the age of nine, the teacher... I don't think it came from like a malicious place because I wasn't keeping up with the rest of the class. And in a way I was holding the class back because I wasn't understanding the lesson. And I was getting teased by some of the other kids there. And the teacher, I remember, you know, I think it came from like a defending place. Kind of like she said, you know, that's the boy with the broken brain. And, but, but when I say it came from a not malicious place, I, I think she was really defending me, you know, because I was being teased um, and just saying, hey, you know, you know, this 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 boy has, you know, some challenges. And but it's funny, but because as that nine year old boy, I just remember broken brain, yeah, and that became my identity. But the reason I'm so passionate about superheroes is because I was broken. I became very introverted, and not just introverted, shy, because shy mm -hmm. is a, it's a different nature, where you feel like you're not enough and mm -hmm. you have nothing to offer. Um, and that's why I would always shrink. But where I would go, my mind would go is in comic books because I couldn't read. And I taught myself how to read three years later by reading comic books late at night. Um, when my parents thought I was sleeping, I'd be underneath the covers with a flashlight. Oh my gosh. And it's like I, a scene out of a movie, right? It is. Yeah. I'd be there and I, I would, there's something about the, the storyline of good triumphing you know, over every evil that one person can make a difference, hope, help. I, you know, I learned all that through, through comics and uh, those superheroes is where I, I escaped to. Mm -hmm. And because I had these learning challenges all through school, elementary school, middle school, high school, it took, you know, I feel like it took away from my, my childhood a little bit. And so I kind of used every opportunity to go to Comic-Con and, and, and enjoy, you know, in my imagination and creativity. Um, but that's, uh, heroes represent to me 
something that we all have the potential to be. And I'm not saying that we have, we could shoot lasers out of our eyes and leap tall buildings and, and, you know, like be bulletproof, but, you know, in an ironclad, but I think we could have laser focus. I think we could jump through, you know, big obstacles. I think we could have an ironclad memory, you know, like real life superpowers that, that give us some, you know, level of skill and confidence. Do you have a favorite superhero? I know the answer, but I do. Everyone else I do, is probably I do, wondering. I do, I do, I do. And I, I asked this. Uh, I, I mentioned this on your lunch show. Um, I got an opportunity to introduce, you know, uh, Richard Branson to Stan Lee, not Stanley, Stan Lee, yeah, the know, Stan but, yeah. Lee. So, um, you know, the creator of X Men and Fantastic Four and Avengers and Spider Man. Um, and so we're in the car, and I ask him who's his favorite superhero, and he's like Iron Man, and he asked me the same question that you just asked: who's what's who's my favorite? And Stan had this big Spider-Man tie. And I just, uh, I said, Spider-Man. Because, um, and then when I said Spider-Man, he went with great power comes great responsibility. And because I had these, you know, these head traumas, these processing issues, I heard something different. And I was like, you're right, Stan, with great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. And that's really led my life. When we take responsibility for something, we have great power to make things better whether it's our finances, our own health or wellness or our, our emotions, um, we have great power to make things better. And so Spider-Man was kind of this geeky kid that didn't really fit in. And I just kind of identified with them. And then I also identified with like the X-Men because sure. they were like mutants <clears throat> and they didn't fit in. They were weird. And I thought I was a little bit weird with my challenges. When did it go from being a child that thought he had challenges to an adult that said, I'm going to go help everybody that I possibly can um, avoid the same kind of feelings and challenges that I experienced growing up, right? Uh, slow learning, slow reading, mm-hmm. being shy, all those kinds of things. When do you remember the moment you decided that you were going to become the pinnacle of helping people with this? I do. Um, leading up to that, when I, when I, I was lucky enough to get into a, a local college and I, my grades obviously weren't that wonderful. And I thought being a freshman meant I could take a fresh start and mm-hmm. I would have, so who doesn't want sometimes a clean slate? Yeah. And I wanted to show the world, show myself that I was really capable of something. And I took all these classes and I did worse. And that's not the goal. And I was ready to quit school because honestly, I didn't, I didn't have the money to be there. Mm-hmm. My, my parents, they immigrated to the, you know, to the States my dad was 13. He lost both his parents at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. They couldn't afford to have him where he was and they moved here. Um, we lived in the back of a laundromat, didn't speak the language, you know, that that story. So I know it's not a matter of resources because we didn't it wasn't we didn't have any money, we didn't have any connections, we didn't have any the education and everything. Um so when I was in school, we I didn't have the money to be there and I was not doing well. And uh, so I was gonna quit. And my friend said, hey, you just need to get some perspective um, before you make this big life decision and you're going to tell your parents and, and that you're going to quit school and you're the oldest of three. And, you know, in this Asian household, that's not like, that, that, went, that was a lot of pressure for me. Anyway, um, I agreed to get some perspective. And I think it's important for all of us sometimes to get a different point of view, mm-hmm. to look at something in a different way. And I visit their home and then and the, and their family's pretty wealthy and well off. And the father walks me around his property and uh, asked me a very innocent question, how school? And I just, I, that was the worst question you could ask me. I just start bawling in front oh, of this wow. complete stranger. 
And I tell him my whole story, learning challenges, broken brain, ready to quit school. And he said, stop. Why are you in school? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share? Wow. The contribution aspect, right? And honestly, I didn't have an answer for any of that. Yeah. Nobody's ever asked me that question. And I think it's so important when we're talking about a wealth or learning or career, anything is to ask new questions. You get new answers. And so I go to answer him and he says, stop. And he takes out a notebook and he makes me write it all down. And all of a sudden I have this you know, bucket list and he rips it out of my hands and he starts looking at my bucket list. And I'm freaking out because I wasn't expecting anybody to, you know, sure. much less a stranger. I haven't shared this with box. Exactly. And, um, and he says, he looks at me and he, he says, you're this close, Jim, to everything on that list. And he spreads his index fingers about a foot apart. And I'm like, no way, give me 10 lifetimes. I'm not going <laughs> to crack that list. And he takes his fingers and he puts them to the side of my head. Meaning what's in between, yeah. you know, my brain yeah. is really the key. And he takes me into a room of his home that I've never seen before. It's like a library in his house. And he starts grabbing books and handing them to me. He says, leaders are readers. He says, he starts saying that, um, and there's these biographies of incredible men and women in history and some very early personal growth books. Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, like like all the classics. And he says, Jim, I want you to read one book a week. And I'm thinking, have you not heard my story? Um, And we want to, we hang on to those stories, right? And people come to me always with their stories when it comes to their memory. They're like, oh, I'm too old or I'm not smart enough or I have a horrible memory. And I always say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm. If you fight for your limits, they're yours, which is why I made, you know, called the book Limitless because I believe that it's, you know, there's a different, uh, we could redraw the boundaries and borders of what's really possible. And so to answer your, this long explanation, to answer your question, I, um, I agree to read one book a week and now I'm back at school and I have a pile of books I have to read, a pile of books I, I really you know, have to read or want to read because he got me to say yes to read those books because you know, he said, don't let school get in your way of education. And I was like, that's very inspiring, but still I'm not going to commit to do it mm-hmm. um, because I can't. And then he takes out my bucket list and he starts reading my dreams out loud. And there's a big part I talk about motivation and human motivation in the book because uh, not like hypey motivation or go to a seminar, get excited and dance on chairs. And then just the next day have to pump yourself up. But what the, I, the, I reveal what I believe is the, is the real formula for sustainable motivation. Um, but part of it was on that bucket list were my reasons, the reasons I wanted to do, you know, to be better, to, to, to do more, to be able to share more. A lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my parents, mm-hmm. things they can never afford to do for themselves. Or even if they had the money, they wouldn't do for themselves. Yeah. So with that leverage, I agree to do it. Now back at school, practically I couldn't. So what do I do? I just don't eat. I don't sleep. I live in the library. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see friends. I don't work out. I'm just like wasting away because I just don't know anything better than just to work hard mm-hmm. like I was taught. And um, and that one night in the library, I fell down a flight of stairs out of sheer exhaustion. Jeez. I hit my head again and I woke up two days later in the hospital Oh, and I thought I died. I was down to 117 pounds. Oh my gosh. So malnourished. I was hooked up to all these IVs and I said, I mean, it was the dark place yeah. like, because I, you know, you know, where your mind goes in that place where you just feel helpless. And I thought there has to be a better way. And when I had that thought, the nurse came in with a mug of tea and on it was a picture of Albert Einstein. And it has this quote that you've heard before, the same level of thinking that's created your problem 
won't solve your problem. Yeah. And it made me say, what's my problem? I'm a slow learner. How can I think differently about it? Well, I can learn how to learn. And then, so I set my studies aside and I started reading these books and, uh, you know, about possibility and, uh, and just mental attitude. And then I started studying adult learning theory and ancient mnemonics. I wanted to know what did ancient cultures do to remember things before there was books and printing mm-hmm. presses. I started studying brain science and, and speed reading. And about 60 days into it, a light switch flipped on and I started to understand things. You know, I started to really have amazing focus, getting things done. Um, I started to retain things and apply it most importantly. And uh, my life transformed. And the reason why I'm here today is because I started to tutor it. And one of my very first students, she read what you did, 30 books in 30 mm-hmm. days. And I wanted to not, I didn't want to know how she did that. I knew the method because uh, I taught her. I want to know her motivation and her mindset. Mm-hmm. And I found out that her mother was dying of terminal cancer, was given 60 days to live, just two months. Yeah. Doctors had written in her off. And um, the books she was reading were the books to save her mom's life. And she ended up doing so. Wow. And in that moment, that's when I came up with that phrase, if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. And it's a superpower we all have, regardless of who's listening to this, your age, your background, your career, your education level, your financial situation, your gender, history, IQ, like we, we all have that power. It's just, it's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? And my mission is to show people really how unbelievable they really are. Mm, absolutely. Well, you've been doing it for 25 years now. Yeah. You've been helping people bust through the limiting beliefs such as, you know, I'm a slow learner, mm-hmm. which is uh, not one that I struggled with, but one I did struggle with was I can't read fast and I can't retain. Mm-hmm. I used to read the same page over and over and over again. And I couldn't tell you what was on it. Um, I used to think I can't speak without a script in front of me. Mm-hmm. So that was one I had to overcome. Wow. Some people have uh, things such as I'm bad at math or I'm bad at, you know, like everyone yeah. has these limiting beliefs. Are these limiting beliefs about your ability to learn and everything that comes with it, are they just that? Are they just beliefs or are some people wired yeah. to learn slower than others and can they do something about it? Yeah, let's unpack that because okay. that's really the, the, the power. That's the question right there mm-hmm. uh, that, the, that everyone wants to know. So the, when I first wrote this book, initially when I turned it in, it was a pure methodology book. It was uh, the tactics on how to speed read and retain your information, how to remember names, how to learn languages, how to be able to give a speech without notes, all the mm-hmm. things that you talked about. But what I've noticed though over the past few decades is you know, people know what to do for the most part, but they don't do what they know because common sense is not often common practice. Mm-hmm. And my life's work really is built around showing people what's possible and getting them to do it. Because if they can't do it, I feel that they don't really understand it. And that it's a lie that knowledge is power. Knowledge is potential power. Mm-hmm. It only becomes power when we apply it and use it. Mm. And so everything that I learn, I'm looking to be able to apply it. Even right now, you know, there are three major questions to ask all the time to be able to take knowledge and turn it into real power. One is, how can I use this? So I would invite everybody as you're listening to this right now, be obsessed with asking the question, how can I use this? Mm -hmm. How can I apply this? And you come up with all these creative ways. The second question to write down and to really ingrain and make it one of your dominant questions is not only how can I use this, 
It is, why must I use this? Mm-hmm. Right? You learned something on Chris's podcast. Um, and it could be about entrepreneurship, a leadership, starting a business, financial strategies. You know, you want to ask, how can I use this? But then why must I use this? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have your why, like for me, it really was, you know, my list of things I wanted to do for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was very motivated and driven. I didn't need to be pumped up. And then the third question is, when will I use this? Mm. I believe one of the most powerful productivity performance tools that we have are our calendars, you know, and if it's not in your schedule, it tends not to get done. A lot of people say, oh, I'll I'll meditate. I'll do my gratitude thing. I'll, I'll work out. But the day, you know, you get caught up in the day and what's left over. And usually it's those things that we don't do. And put it in our schedule like we would a doctor's appointment and a meeting with an investor, you know, time with our kids, because if it's not written down, it tends not to happen. So my, my goal here is to really make things very tangible for people. And everything you said, it's not fixed, you know? So I, I created out of this frustration of why aren't people doing what they know is good for them? And that was my main question. I created something called the limitless model. And this is the first time I've, I've introduced it in this book, but it is a three, three elements that basically contain us in, like, imagine this, there's an area of your life where you feel like you're not making progress. Mm-hmm. You feel held back. Mm-hmm. And so and this is interactive. So we could turn this kind of into like a, like a workshop masterclass. I want, okay, it, I'll, I'll volunteer. It's my fitness right now. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's going backwards. Exactly. And we feel like there's some area, like I would imagine a number of your listeners are thinking that they are stuck financially Mm -hmm. or are stuck in a a career Mm -hmm. or in a position. And they're like in a box that they can't get out of. They're not making progress. They feel like they're they're being held back. That 3D box or a a cage, (laughs) you know, is really a prism. What keeps you in that box and will also liberate you are three forces, three dimensions, that box, right? And I'll give everyone the three dimensions right now. And you could also draw it if it's not a box as like a Venn diagram for those people who who know the three circles that intersect, mm-hmm. right? And so the first circle, there are three M's. I always alliterate everything so it's memorable. The first M is exactly what you're addressing. It's our mindset, yeah. right? Your mindset, and we know the importance of mindset and, and people write books. And one of them, great book, Mindset by Carol Dweck. The mindset for me is a set of attitudes and assumptions about something or someone or how the world works. It's what you believe is possible. It's what you believe you're capable of. Your mindset it also defines what you believe you deserve, mm-hmm. right? So that's our mindset. The second circle, and I would invite everyone to actually draw this out um, on a piece of paper. If you could find it, it would be that visual re- representation will serve you. Draw what the first circle is your mindset, what's possible and what you believe you deserve. The second circle is motivation mm-hmm. because what will keep you in that box, first of all, with mindset is if, if you want to, uh, to remember names, mm-hmm. but your mindset is, I have a horrible memory, I'm too stupid, I'm too old, it's going to keep you in that box. Yeah. The second M is motivation. What will keep you in that box is lack of drive, mm-hmm. lack of energy, lack of purpose, right? And motivation, again, it's not for me, a, a surge of just excitement it, that just disappears, you know, the next day or the next hour. There's actually a formula for motivation. And even mapping back 
to my, you know, my life, mm-hmm. you know, my mindset was I am broken, mm-hmm. right? My, my, and I was able to liberate that through this process. And my motivation was the things I want to do for my family. But you could have that also and still not get out of that box. You could be in the box of, you know, not working out. Your mindset could be good. You could be motivated also. But what's missing is the last thing, are which are the methods and the methods of what to do. Like somebody could have the mindset that they're, uh, they have abundant mindset yeah. and they deserve that wealth. They can be motivated and not have to push themselves to do to grow their business. But if the methods they're using are antiquated, yeah. are not current for the time of marketing. It's not going to work out. Exactly. Or you could have the methods and the motivation, but what will be the cap? What will keep you in that box? Let's say financially, you're, you're motivated and you know what to do is your belief about what you deserve or your belief about what you're capable of yourself. Yeah. Or somebody could have the mindset like everything is possible and they could also know what to do, but they don't do it because they lack the motivation. Mm-hmm. So if you, when you're looking at this Venn diagram where mindset crosses over with motivation, that shared space is inspiration. And we've all been inspired, mm-hmm. right? We've, they're inspiring people, inspiring quotes, inspiring books, but we're still not taking action, right? Where mindset interact, intersects with methods, they have the mindset right, everything is possible, you know, I deserve it. And you have the methods, you know what to do. That area is ideation. Mm. Ideation is where it's the mindset and you have methods, but they, they're still ideas. And you know this, without ideas are a dime a dozen. Yeah. How many people have great ideas, but without the motivation to act and execute those ideas? And then finally, where motivation crosses over with methods, you have implementation. So three I's, inspiration, ideation, and implementation. Now, if you look at this beautiful Venn diagram as you've drawn it, there right there in the core of it is where all three intersect. And the fourth I is integration. Integration is just who you are. Mm-hmm. That's the limitless state. And so this is also an explanatory schema. And so when you think about that area of where you feel like you're held back, you could ask yourself, is it mindset? Is it my motivation? Or is it the methods or methodology that's missing? Where, where do I, where is the limitation? Because here's the truth. Limits are learned. And the good news is that limits can be unlearned. Mm -hmm. And I call that process in the book unlimiting. Unlimiting is a, is a concept that I want to introduce to the world where it's uh, not like unlimited. It's unlimiting as a process for removing and redrawing the borders and boundaries of what we think is possible. God, this is okay. First of all, this is amazing. This is what I yeah. love about this book, Limitless, is you, you're not just explaining theory. You're mm-hmm. giving real, like field-tested techniques, real science that can change, or to use your term, mm-hmm. remove the limits from what we think is possible. So in here, are there any techniques for mental brain fog? Because I got to be honest, I feel like over the yeah. last year... <laughs> Um, for some reason, I'm having a hard time recalling things on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm in a bit of a mental brain fog. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so far just blamed it on being busy. Right, Is right. there something that can help me with that in here? 100%. So you're absolutely right. In the book, it's all practical because, again, it's better well done than well said. Yeah. And it's better to not promise it, but really prove it. And so the book is highly cited 
uh, in terms of the latest neuroscience. And it's also field tested over 25 years of working mm-hmm. with individuals from children with learning challenges to seniors that are, that are losing their mind and everyone in between. When we're going through this, the my mindset, motivation, and the, the methods, the brain fog, it's, it's interesting. So we've all had the experience where we feel mental fatigue, mm-hmm. where we get more confused and we feel overloaded and overwhelmed. And it's a sign of the times for where technology has taken us. We, it allows us to have this conversation, mm-hmm. technology, and to be able to broadcast to countless, to pe- countless people around the world. It's absolutely amazing. And it's amplifying certain phenomenons that are causing undue stress. So one of them is digital deluge, which causes a lot of the, mm-hmm. the, the brain fog that we have. It's just a f- information anxiety, higher blood pressure and compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness. It's just technology. We feel like we're drowning information mm-hmm. and it's creating that, 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 that slowness in our mind. And so that, that could be a contributing factor. The second one besides digital deluge is digital distraction. One of the reasons why we feel like we can't keep up is because you know, every app notification, social mm-hmm. media alert, how do you maintain your clear concentration not without having the fog in a world full of distractions? So digital deluge, overload, digital distraction, then digital dementia, which we talked about in, in the previous episode, where we're so dependent on our smart devices, our brains are like muscles and it's like use it or lose it. Yeah. And we're not tapping that. Um, now in the section on motivation, the formula, and I want everyone to write this down, the key to motivation, people think that you need to uh, be excited and joyful for doing the thing you're motivated for. And I don't believe that. So like, for example, every, every day I take a cold shower or an ice bath. Yeah. I'll be not excited to do that. Day. <laughs> it's not. And I grew up in the Northeast. I despise yeah. the cold, but I still do it. I am motivated every single time because I have a reason. Yeah. So there's a three-part formula for sustainable motivation. And I'll, I'll give you a, a, like the summary mm-hmm. here. The first one is reason. So the formula is reason, time, energy, time, small, simple steps. Reason, and time, energy, energy time, time, small, small simple, simple steps. steps. Okay. So in order, if we ever, if you ever procrastinate or if you ever put things off or you ever feel like you're not motivated to work out, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. eat that good food check in with this formula for motivation. The, the reasons are your purpose. And I, I'm not necessarily saying your life purpose. It could be that, but having a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. I, don't love, I don't love taking cold showers, mm-hmm. but I do it every single day because I'm clear about the reason, mm-hmm. right? The reasons that is it lowers inflammation in my body. It helps me like reset my nervous system. It also, I feel like it's in, you know, we have a video out there with 10 million plus views on my morning routine. And part of it is doing difficult things and mm-hmm. training yourself to, to build your, your grit. And I feel like in life, if we could train ourselves to, to be persistent and that these are muscles that we use, because if we always do the easy thing, which is put things off, life gets very hard. Mm-hmm. But if we do hard things, like training yourself to take a cold shower, life becomes easier because we get used to being un- thriving when we're uncomfortable. So when we have to do that sales presentation or speak on stage or make that sales video or, or ask you know, that big you know, presentation to an investor that feels uncomfortable, you've trained those muscles. And so I'm clear of my reasons for taking those cold showers and I never miss it. 
And even though I don't enjoy it, yeah. I'm still, I have my reasons. You're highly motivated. Exactly. To do it. And then on a big level, my motivation is to have energy because I want to be able to serve the world. And how am I going to do it without having these practices, right? Mm-hmm. Like who's counting on me to really show up the way I need to? Mm-hmm. So the first part of motivation, let's say it's to remember names, is getting clear on why, right? Start mm-hmm. with why. We're very, you know, Simon Sinek is one of the individuals that endorsed our book. And it, he wrote the book, Start With Why. Yeah. And so ask yourself why and, re, and, and really feel that. And even allow yourself to feel the other side of it of like, what if you don't do this and, and nothing changes? Like allow yourself to feel the pain because the pain is just a signal for preparation, mm-hmm. right? And so the reasons. Next though, you could, now this is my thought process and where especially having you know students in 195 countries and working with some you know highly uh, high achievers, I get this feedback, you could have reasons for something and still not be motivated. Mm -hmm. And I realized the second component that could be missing is energy. Somebody could be motivated to uh, read a book a week, let's Mm -hmm. say, and they have all the reasons and they know why and, and all the benefits that leaders are readers and knowledge is not only power, knowledge is profit, especially in today's economy, right? Specialized knowledge and experts are paid extremely well. And you can have the reasons and still not be motivated because maybe you don't have the energy. Maybe you were up all night um, and you didn't sleep very well. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're stressed out of your mind and that chronic stress is depleting your energy. Maybe you're around energy vampires and you had a long day of people sucking your energy and you don't have the energy. And so if you lack energy, and anyway, I think it's a very critical component, then you're not going to go do those things. You're not going to go to gym yeah. if, you're, if you lack energy because you ate a lot of processed foods mm-hmm. that put you into a food coma. In case right. you have a new puppy that gets you up four times a night. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly me right Exactly that. And so one of the reasons is like, if you feel like you're not motivated to work out, check your reasons and allow yourself to feel the bliss of, uh, of the, all the benefits of looking and feeling and, and performing at your best. And, then, and, once you're, and also feel the pain of, you know, like, what if you don't do this now? Um, and then give yourself energy. So in the book, to clear brain fog, I give my 10 keys that I teach at the Cleveland Clinic Center for Brain Health, wow. which the, the founding director, you know, heavily endorsed the book. And I'm bringing these up because it's, it's not me. These are like the experts that are saying that this, this, this work is important. The 10 keys to get over brain fog and have energy is like a good brain diet. Things we talked about in your last episode, and I'm sure people could mm-hmm. reference that. The best brain foods that are neuroprotective. They call it an area of neuronutrition that I've been studying and we put in the book that certain your brain has different requirements than the rest of your body in terms of nutrition. And, uh, but also stress management, also optimizing your sleep, also getting rid of negative thoughts because negative thoughts are very depleting. When we, when we think about all the bad things that could go bad, a uh, positive peer group is good for your energy. You know, clean environment is good for your energy. I love, you know, your, your studio, your home, you have this aesthetic, everything. You know, when you clean your desktop, you yeah. clean your office, you have clarity of mind. Uh-huh. It clears that fog, right? Um, optimizing your sleep, protecting your brain. Some people have uh, brain fog and mental fatigue just because they've done some extreme sports. They've had a number of concussions or yeah. TBI, which could lead to those kind of challenges. Stress management could create all kinds of complications there. Chronic stress actually shrinks your brain. So, so wow. in there, we have chapters on all of these to be able to optimize your energy. Now, looking at the formula, the final part, if you're not motivated to for your health mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're not eating you're right or you're not working out regularly, once if you have the reasons and you have the energy, 
is it possible that you're still not motivated to do the motivation? The evidence of motive that you're motivated is you're taking action, mm-hmm. right? And so if someone's not taking action, they're not motivated. You could have the reasons, you could have the energy. And I might, I ask myself with clients, if they have the reasons they're clear about it and they feel it and they have the energy and they're still putting things off, why is that? And I, that's what I said, small, simple steps. Because what they're doing in their mind as I interviewed them is they making it way too big oh. and that's keeping them from taking action. Too big to tackle so they don't bother. Exactly. They're like, oh, they're they're motivated. They're like, I lack motivation to start my business or build my business. I'm like, oh, that's way too big. Yeah. You know, or or I'm not motivated to get in that, you know, perfect relationship or whatever it is. Like that's way too big. And the question is, what is the smallest step you could take that's going to give you progress where you can't fail? You know what I mean? And so motivation really comes down to energy management. Having a reason gives you energy. Mm-hmm. Having physical, mental energy by eating the best foods and sleep gives you energy. And then a small, simple step where you can't fail requires the least amount of energy and effort. And then you could build some positive momentum. And so in the book, we show, you know, I cite all the research from James Clear to Dr. BJ Fogg on habits and how you could break things down instead of trying to read 45 minutes a day to read a book a week, which is that's what it takes mm-hmm. for the average reader. Just read one sentence. That's one simple, small step. And yeah. nobody's going to stop after one sentence. You know, the, the example that Dr. BJ Fogg talks about in my book, you know, from an interview I did with him was, you know, flossing. You know, floss one tooth. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Exactly. And no one's going to stop. A small one agreement tooth. that you won't back down from. Exactly. That's a small, simple step. It's where you, it's so small, but it's giving you progress and you can't fail. And the reason it works is it, 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 it works because of the Zygarnik effect. The Zygarnik effect is a, it's actually a memory study where this psychologist in Europe, uh, Dr. Zygarnik, that was her, her last name. She noticed that the wait staff at a cafe she would frequent would remember everybody's order until they were delivered. Wow. And once they were delivered, they wouldn't remember anything. And the idea behind the Zygarnik effect is the brain doesn't like open loops. And so, you know, if anyone's ever binge watched something on Netflix yeah. or something, they open up a loop at the end and you're like, oh, just one more, yeah. just one more. There's so many times I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. And then they open up the loop right. again. I'm like, okay, one more. One more, one more. And that's then, then, which is great marketing and great course design. And the goal here is like the brain doesn't like open loops. So if it starts something, it's, it's going to want to, it's more likely to finish it. Oh. So the goal is start somewhere, anywhere, but make it really small where you can't, fail and inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, way too hard. Yeah, And that's really the key to sustainable motivation. You need clear, you need to feel the reasons, you need the energy and you need to break it down to small, simple steps because most people don't take action because it's a big, you know, it's a big villain, right? It's a big giant. Break it down in the smallest little step where you can't fail. I'm in love with the practicality mm-hmm. of what you're teaching in this book. And that's the word that I would use for this book is it's practical. This mm. is so easy to do when somebody points it out and it moves the needle so much that it's a no-brainer, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no-brainer to dive into this thing. So people like you know flashy things as well. And I know you work with a lot of A-listers and presidents mm-hmm. and, and you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any techniques in the book that's used by someone we'd recognize that you're able to share? The book does 
I mean, a lot of the work that I do is is sensitive by nature, you know, with as you know, with working on with one-on-one mm-hmm. clients. Um, and there's a number of stories in there. Um, you know, Will Smith happens to have the cover blurb mm-hmm. um, that says, you know, Jim knows how to get the maximum out of me as a human being. And what a statement that is, by the way. <laughs> for for Will like Smith Limitless, to say that, yeah, that, that is was, like the um, ultimate yeah. statement. It's so oh, like, for, for instance, with, with him, lessons that I've learned and, you know, we, we take people through a process to find, for example, when we're talking about mindset, what your dominant questions are, the questions they say we have anywhere from 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. The challenge is 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday That's and the day wild. before that. And you wonder why we create the same results all the time and we can't make change. It's because we're the, that same level of thinking is not going to get us to where we need to go. And, uh, and I believe that really thinking is this process of asking questions and answering questions inside our own mind. And there are certain questions we ask more than any other question. And we need to really identify that because that determines our focus. It activates that part of our brain called the reticular activating system, RAS, because at any given time, there's a billion things you could pay attention to. What gets through that field, that filtering system are the things you care about that you're asking questions about. Yeah. And that's why the power of questions I opened up with saying, you know, how, you know, how can I use this? Why must I use this? Uh, you know, when will I use those? Those questions are dominant questions in my life. Um, and I'm able to learn extremely fast because I've adopted them. I take uh, Will in the book through a process of finding his dominant questions. And one of them was, or is, how do I make this moment even more magical? Wow. Yeah. And he's a pretty magical being, right? Wow. For people who follow him on Instagram and everything. He's and, got a great Instagram. Yeah, completely. And I was with him the month he launched it. Um, in a, We were in his uh, trailer, just the two of us were having lunch. We we're talking about this. And, and I asked him why he created this, um, you know, started this. And he said, he, he's, what he said to me over the meal was, he's like, Jim, he's, everything in my life has been scripted. You know, everything on television, mm-hmm. everything on movies. I'm just saying other people's words. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, I wanted to be yeah. able to, I, there's so much more I want to say, you know, and, uh, and that was, that was like the impetus for that. And he could produce it however he wants to and doesn't, you know, and which is obviously pretty amazing. But coming back to the lesson, when we, we did that during the day, he was shooting at night from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And it was cold. It was in Toronto. It was winter. And it's 2 a.m. And his family is there, we, you know, from West Philly. We yeah. all know the story. And we're watching him film. And during the break, you know, it's, we're chilly. I mean, he's, what he's doing is he's, He's giving us blankets, covering yeah. us in blankets. He's he made hot chocolate and brought it to Amazing. all of us. And he's cracking jokes. And his life is a reflection of that dominant question. How can I make this moment yeah. even more magical? And uh and so my challenge for everyone who's listening to this is what do you think your dominant question is? Because whatever that question is, if your question is, how do I get people to like me, your life is going to be a reflection of that. Or if your question is, how can I make this better? You know, that's my one of my dominant questions because I grew up as the boy with the broken brain. Mm-hmm. You know, initially my question was, how do I be invisible? How can I shrink down? I was coming up with all these ways of not being seen. But eventually I got frustrated with it. My inspiration was my desperation. I started to say, hey, why is that person so smart? You know, how come I'm working three times harder than that person? And I started coming up with answers and I was able to to fix my own my own brain. So we all have these questions. If people ask themselves the questions, how come I how come I can never make money? 
then here are all the reasons you can never make yeah. money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the so the book is really three books in one. It has, you know, a whole it's all focused on mindset and literally how to rewire your brain for greater success, how to eliminate negative uh, self-talk and negative beliefs and replace them with empowering ones. It gives you the formulas for motivation in terms of how to find your purpose in any situation and the 10 keys for giving you energy and the techniques to break things down into small, simple steps, very practical. And then the last part of the book, which is really half the book, are the methods for specifically accelerated learning. I think there are five pillars to master in terms of being a meta learner, you know, a learner and learning how to learn. And so there's a whole chapter on having focus and concentration. There's a whole chapter on the best strategies for studying, whether you're a student or you're a student of life, you need to study an industry. Number three, we talk about memory, which is the largest chapter in the book, how to remember anything faster on long-term. And then finally, we go from there into speed reading and critical thinking skills, because I think it's important to be able to read something and retain it and, and read it faster because reading takes a lot of time and time is money. But if somebody has decades of experience and they put it into a book and you can read that book in a few days, you can yeah. download decades into, into days, right? And then, um, and then critical thinking, because the last supervillain, I think digitally, digital deluge, which is overload, mm-hmm. digital distraction, digital dementia, is this digital like deduction where we rely on technology or our phones just to tell us how to think. Yeah. We're not even using our own critical thinking, our own reasoning, no. our own analytical ability. I don't know anymore. people's phone numbers anymore. Yeah. I don't know how to get somewhere because I just use Google Maps. Exactly. It's tragic. And 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 it so it affects memory, certainly, and it affects like, you know, location memory, which which is really strong, you know, used to be very strong for us. And even just our ability to think about things. They like they're even saying that kids are being spoon fed everything and we're not, we're just taking everything we, you know, it's everything's filtered mm-hmm. through algorithms and it's only giving us this one point of view that we're always, that we're always reinforcing. Yeah. It's kind of like, are these questions that we're asking, it's like the algorithm in social media, the things that you like and share and engage with the most, they start showing you more of that. Yeah. So that's why thinking is like, if you just focus on like positive things, you'll start seeing positive things in your feed all the time. Well, your brain has that same algorithm. And if you start focusing on positive things all the time, engaging with it, you start seeing those opportunities as opposed to just looking at all the things that are going wrong with the world. And then you just wonder why you're creating all that in your world oh also God. as well. So we, we have those algorithms. I freaking love this book. I love everything you're sharing right now. I think one of my biggest takeaways is how Will's question mm. was, how can I make this even more magical? Mark my words, when we hang out next, I'm going to have some kind of tattoo <laughs> that will reference that. because. To me, that's a really powerful perspective shifting, better question to ask. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's not just necessarily one question. We could have like one or two or three. Yeah. Like, you know, some people I would always suppose, especially in this community, like if you're always looking for how can I add value? How, how can I give more? You're gonna come mm-hmm. with more and more answers because the answers are always there. It's just like um, and and the reason I know this is because years ago my uh, my sister would send me uh, postcards and emails of a very specific kind of dog, a uh, pug dog. Yeah. And and all of a sudden I would see these pug dogs everywhere. I would go to like, you know, the grocery store and somebody's checking out, you know, with a pug dog in their hands. I'm running my neighborhood. A man's walking six pug dogs. And the question is, where were these pug dogs before? Yeah. They were always there. Yeah. They just never paid attention to them because they were the billion of things I was keeping out of my brain as opposed to the things I'm letting in. And I'm here to say that there is opportunity out there 
for, for people. You know, there are resources out there, but you need to be asking those questions so your reticular activating system could start spotting these things mm. on a regular basis. One more thing I love about this book, and, and I got to be respectful of, your, uh, respectful of your time here, but every, all the proceeds mm-hmm. from all of these books sold, so we're talking yeah. a really big number here, mm-hmm. is going to charity. Yes. Uh, so first of all, thank you and congratulations. That's amazing. What, a, what an incredible selfless act to do. What an important thing to do. But that's an ethos that you and I have shared throughout our friendship mm-hmm. is giving generosity. Why are you donating all the proceeds from this book to charity? And why is generosity so important to you? Yeah. So I, I believe that in order to have like a limitless mindset, you know, there are these four Gs. You know, one of them is growth. You need a growth mindset. Things aren't fixed. They always could get better. Another one is what I talked about in this conversation is grit. You need a grit mindset, perseverance, determination, because ultimately, as you know, with building a business or anything else, there are these challenges, but those challenges can lead to big changes. Your struggles can be strengths. There's a third G also besides growth and besides having grit, you need gratitude, which is you know, what you appreciate appreciates. Like it literally gets better. And I do these things, experiments throughout the book saying things like, well, let's say the only things in your life tomorrow were the things that you express gratitude for today. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you have? And so gratitude, we know the latest science, it rewires your brain for, for, for prosperity, peace of mind, positivity. So what are, you know, what are you grateful for? And if you want to feel wealthy, because I know a lot of people do, Make a list and count all the things you have that yes. money can't buy. Yes. Like write that list and then you could build from that. So that's the third G. So you have growth, you have grit, you have gratitude. And the fourth one is giving, wow. you know, having that's the limitless mindset because you learn so you can earn, so you can return. Everything in nature grows, right? Or it dies. Yep. You're green and you grow, you're brown, you rot. Everything in nature grows or it dies and everything in nature gives. Right or it's eliminated. It Everything gives in nature returns if you think exactly, about it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, so it returns and it gives back. Even the hero's journey. You notice the greatest stories out there, whether it's Star Wars or it's Matrix, you know, or it's or it's it's Wizard of Oz. These main characters they are pulled. Right, the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell's work. And I wrote this book. Actually, you'll people will see the illustration. I take them through the hero's journey where they are, I pull them from, they make the decision to go from the ordinary world to the, the, you know, the extraordinary mm-hmm. world. And they have trials and they find a mentor like a Yoda or a, mm-hmm. a Miyagi and, uh, and they face these challenges. And then they, they're able to claim the elixir, right? The treasure. And then what do they do with the treasure? They go back to the ordinary world mm-hmm. to present it. You know, there's a quote in Lucy, um, this movie with Morgan Freeman and yeah. Scarlett Johansson, where she unlocks all her brain power and she goes to um, Morgan Freeman, who's an expert on the brain, and says, You know, why? You know, what do I do with all this? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, Well, I don't have all the answers, but if you were to break this down into the simplest form, you know, a single cell, what are we doing? The single cell is a split, it's passing on knowledge, it's passing on information. Mm-hmm. And, and his advice to her was to pass it on. You see the end of the matrix, right? He he steps into his real self. He becomes Neo. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do? He goes back, back into the matrix. He picks up the phone and he says, you know, I know, you, I know you're listening. You know, I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. You know, a world without limits, yeah. a world where anything is possible. And he's going back to give. Yeah. And I feel like everything in nature, that's when we feel the most fulfilled too. 
when we, if we were to work backwards from the end of our life, it's going to be like, how do you want to be remembered? You know, and it's, it's just for the things that you contributed for. So that, that, that's my, that's my simple answer. I think giving is living. Oh my God. Okay. I agree with you a thousand percent on that. It's, it's such a great way to start to put a bow on this thing. Um, I can't wait to finish reading this book, Limitless. Where can people get it? We are doing something really, actually really special. And this was inspired with, by one of our conversations. Uh, I just got done filming. Uh, I spent days in a, in, a, in a studio filming a 10-day program on the fundamentals of becoming limitless, which includes reading faster, mm-hmm. remembering more, having better focus, changing your limiting beliefs. Wow. And uh, when people go to limitlessbook.com and they get the book, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever their favorite seller is, when they submit their invoice number, we gift them that 10 day program. Oh, it's that's called, awesome. It's called Quick Start. And I want you to immediately have that program so you could enjoy it. And then when you, the book arrives, you're already like, oh, I know how to tackle this book. I know how to remember what I'm about to read. I know how to focus. I believe in it. I know how some speed reading techniques to be able to go through That's it. amazing. Okay, so they got to go to limitlessbook.com. Mm-hmm. That's where they can get that course. Yes. Massive value right there. And they can actually tap in and start the course before they even get their book. They'll get immediate access to it. And uh, That's amazing. Better. Yeah. Okay. Super cool that you're doing that. And where can they follow you? Um, social media. I mean, people either go with our podcast uh, for podcast listeners at quickbrain, K-W-I-K brain, uh, com, or just search Jim Quick in your podcast app. Um, our episodes are only like 10 or 15 minutes and we do episodes on how to remember names and how to change your habits yeah. and what's the best Such morning cool routine. Stuff. And then on social media. And I would actually challenge everybody you know, to, to go there and post some of their big ahas. I'm at Jim Quick on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you use. K-W-I-K. I'm going to take your challenge that you just gave them yeah. and I'm actually going to amplify it. I'm going to say, Let's I'm gonna say this. I'm going to buy 20 books okay. and I'm going to give those 20 books to a random 20 people that shared on Instagram their biggest takeaway Ooh, about, from this episode, from everything that you just taught, which is a ton of stuff. Yeah. So um, you know, there'll be hundreds of shares, thousands of shares. I'll pick 20 of them Amazing. and send them books. So guys, if you're listening right now, all you have to do is tag Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and me in your biggest takeaway from this episode on your Instagram stories. And 20 of you will win books personally sent Amazing. by us. I, I will. First of all, thank you. Oh, that, that, that is amazing. So they could take a snapshot of this, of this you know, episode or take a snapshot of their notes. And then just, yeah, just write what your big takeaway is. Tag us both in there. And that would I'll, be awesome. And I'll, I'll repost some of my favorites also because I'm curious what the big yeah, aha I'll is. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. So yeah. guys, seriously, favorite takeaway, tag Jim, tag myself. We will reshare some of your mm-hmm. awesome takeaways and we'll send 20 of you uh, books directly from us. Amazing. All right. Well, hey, my pleasure to do it. Jim, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, when you come on the show, it's massive value. And I mean a ton of massive massive value. I learn every time you're on the show. I learn every time I'm around you and I leave inspired. And I know everybody else feels that way too. So mm. from the bottom of my heart, thank you a million times over for being on. Thank you so much. My, my final words for everybody is just thank you and gratitude. You know, what, what, I, what I want to remind you of is that your life is like an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. Yeah. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. Wow. Great things begin on the inside. And you listening to this, if you're still listening to this, you have greatness inside of you. Yeah. You have genius inside of you. 
And uh, thanks for allowing us to let some of that out. I love it. All right, everyone, share this episode. Take both of us. We're giving away 20 books. And make sure you go to limitlessbook.com and get the free course there as well. Jim, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.